Peace be upon you. One of the topics that we bring up pretty frequently is the concept of sincerity. And the reason we bring it up is because it's absolutely pivotal to our salvation. That sincerity is the prerequisite necessary in understanding the Quran. That if we're not sincere, we won't understand one verse. And if we think we understand it and we're not sincere, we'll actually get the wrong understanding. This will drive us further away from God's message. And we see the importance of sincerity in Surah 56, verse 75 through 79, where it reads, I swear by the positions of the stars, this is an oath if you knew that is awesome. This is an honorable Quran and a protected book. None can grasp it except the sincere. So in order to be able to grasp the Quran, to understand the Quran, let alone apply the Quran, we have to be sincere. And what makes this so challenging is no one is going to think that they're insincere. Just like no one's going to think that they're an immoral person. Everyone justifies every action belief they have um, to correspond with the depiction of themselves that they believe is good and virtuous. And a perfect example of this was in a TV show, I think it was from the 90s uh, or early 2000s, called The Moment of Truth. And what the premise of the show was is that it hooked people up to a lie detector before the show. And it would ask them a series of these very kind of disturbing, uh, almost humiliating questions. And then on the show, they would ask these questions again and see if they would answer them truthfully. And the questions this one person got were absolutely horrendous. And she would repeatedly give the right answer. So they would ask her, have you stole something from work? And then they'd have her boss show up. And she would have to confess that, yes, she stole you know, money from work. They'd say, do you think your mom is unattractive? And her mom is sitting right there. And she would answer yes. And then they would ask her even more disturbing questions. Did you cheat on your husband? Do you wish you married your ex-boyfriend? And uh, you know, she repeatedly gave the right answers to these uh, at the demise of her family and loved ones being right in front of her as she's addressing these, uh, these questions. Then it got to the last question, and this is the one that you win the big prize, and they said, do you think you are a good person? And there's no reason this person would lie. They genuinely believed that they thought they were a good person, and they answered yes, and the lie detector showed that they were lying, and they lost everything. And this is the reality, is we can lie to ourselves, but deep down, our hearing, our eyes, our skins, our heart, it all knows if we're telling the truth or not. So even if we convince our mind of something, we can't convince necessarily our physiology. And we see this in the Quran in Surah 41, verse 19 through 22, where it reads, The day will come when the enemies of God will be summoned to the hellfire forcibly. Once they get there, their own hearing, eyes, and skins will bear witness to everything they had done. They will say to their skins, Why did you bear witness against us? They will reply, God made us speak up. He is the one who causes everything to speak. He is the one who created you the first time, and now you have been returned to him. There is no way you can hide from your own hearing, your eyes, or your skins. In fact, you thought that God was unaware of much of what you do. One of the quotes I found on self-deception is that it says, Self-deception is the blindfold we wear that hides the presence of the firing squad. So the only person we're hurting when we're deceiving ourselves is our own self. And self-deception leads to our own self-destruction. Because if we don't know if we are being sincere, then how would we know if we're even guided? In Surah 2, when we first start the Surah, 
God describes the three kinds of people. The first group is the righteous, who read the Quran, they understand the Quran, and they apply it to their lives, and they draw closer to God. The second group is the disbeliever, who rejects the Quran outright. And the third group is the most disturbing, and this is the hypocrite, who reads the Quran and thinks that they understand it or found some loophole, and because they're insincere, they don't realize that they don't truly understand the Quran. And God describes them in Surah 2, verse 8 through 9, where it reads, Then there is those who say we believe in God in the last day, while they are not believers. In trying to deceive God and those who believe, they only deceive themselves without perceiving. And this is an absolutely terrifying thing, to think that all your good deeds, all your supposed righteousness, is serving no benefit for you in this world or in the hereafter, that it's all been nullified because we are insincere. So again, how do we know for being sincere? The definition of sincere is free from pretense or deceit, proceeding from genuine feelings. And God tells us repeatedly in the Quran that when we read the Quran, we have to seek refuge in God. In Surah 16, verse 98, it reads, When you read the Quran, you shall seek refuge in God from Satan the rejected. And in Surah 23, verse 97 through 98, it reads, Say, My Lord, I seek refuge in you from the whispers of the devils, and I seek refuge in you, my Lord, lest they come near me. So why do we do this? This is to make the proclamation that we're looking for guidance from God alone. We are going to put all our preconceptions, all our bias aside, and hear what does God have to tell us in his own word. And ask yourself this, when you read the Quran, are you looking to confirm an existing belief you already have? Or are you genuinely looking to understand what is it that the Lord of the universe wants from us to be successful in this life and in the hereafter? You know, when we read the Quran, do we have preconceived uh, notions? Or are we listening to God wholeheartedly and putting all our bias and all our uh, previous opinions aside and hearing what does God have to tell us? In Surah 28, verse 50, it reads, If they fail to respond to you, then know that they follow only their own opinions. Who is farther astray than those who follow their own opinions without guidance from God? God does not guide such wicked people. We have to read the Quran with a pure heart. If we go looking in the Quran for to confirm something that we already assume, some opinion we already have, the only person we're going to be tricking is ourselves. God's words are complete. They're fully detailed. They give us everything we need for our salvation. And we have to be conscientious that when we read the Quran, we are not looking to justify an existing belief, that we're looking to understand what is it that God wants from us in the words that he provided for us. There is a quote attributed to Leonardo da Vinci. It reads, the greatest deception man suffers is from their own opinions. So if we come reading the Quran with all this baggage of our own opinions of what it says and what it means and uh, how we're supposed to worship, then we won't be able to access it because we've lacked sincerity. The only people who can understand the Quran are those who come with it without any baggage and accept it wholeheartedly for what God says. Now, there's going to be parts we're not going to understand, and that's fine. 
In Surah 20, verse 114, God tells us, Most exalted is God, the only true King. Do not rush into uttering the Quran before it is revealed to you and say, My Lord, increase my knowledge. So this is part of the process, is that we're going to read the Quran and eventually things that aren't clear to us, at the right time, God will provide us the right answer. In Surah 5, verse 101, it reads, O you who believe, do not ask about matters which, if revealed to you prematurely, would hurt you. If you ask about them in light of the Quran, they will become obvious to you. God has deliberately overlooked them. God is forgiver, clement. The way the Quran works is that we can read the Quran an infinite number of times. And each time we will get deeper in our understanding and pull new meanings and new ways of seeing things that we didn't see before. And this is the beauty of the Quran. And yeah, the first time you read it, or even the thousandth time you read it, there's going to be verses, sentences, themes, meanings that aren't going to be clear. But that's part of the process, and we have to trust in God. In Surah 11, verse 12, it reads, You may wish to disregard some of that which is revealed to you, and you may be annoyed by it. Also, they may say, How come no treasure comes down to him or an angel? You're only a warner. God controls all things. And God is telling us that, yeah, when we first understand some of the Quran, it might seem annoying to the fact of thinking like, okay, five times a day you have to pray. You have to set time aside to go and worship your Lord, that you have to do ablution before you perform your contact prayer. These might seem like nuisances to start, but if you trust in God and you follow the process, you will see that it's for your own benefit. You know, God gains nothing from guiding us. It's 100% for our own benefit if we take up God on these directives that he provides for us. It's similar to if you have an ailment and you go to a doctor and the doctor gives you a particular prescription or a regimen, you might not fully understand why that is. But if you trust in the source and you apply these things, then it will resolve whatever it is that bothers you. And we see this example with uh, Moses when he wanted to better understand God's system, and God provided him with a teacher. And when Moses asked the teacher if he can follow him so he can understand these ways, the teacher's response in 1867 through 68 reads, he said, you cannot stand to be with me. How can you stand that which you do not comprehend? And we see this when Moses uh, saw him bore a hole in a ship, kill a boy, uh, fix a wall without asking for a wage. He was perplexed. He didn't understand why would he do these things. And when the teacher parted ways, he explained to Moses each one of these reasons. But if Moses was patient and just trusted the system, trusted God, he would have saw that there was a good reason for everything without getting um, upset, without getting frustrated or impatient. And it reminds me of a classic movie, Karate Kid, where Daniel's son wanted to learn karate and Mr. Miyagi says, okay, I'll teach you. But first, you know, wax the car, sand the floor, you know, do these things that seemed completely irrelevant. And after, you know, doling it out for days, Daniel's son's impatience grew and he went to go tell uh, Mr. Miyagi off only to find out that he actually learned karate in that process. And this is the way God's system works. We have to be sincere. We have to trust in God. We have to trust in God's processes. And know that God is telling us these things for our own good. 
But if we come in with preconceived notions, with baggage, with our own personal opinions of what's virtuous, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, then we're only going to be confusing ourselves. We're only going to be leading ourselves astray. Because in order to be able to understand the Quran, you have to be sincere. In order to be sincere, you have to trust in what God says without any bias. You have to go directly to the source, the words of God in the Quran, and see what does the Lord of the universe want to tell us? What message is he trying to convey to us? And if we do that, then we can hopefully, God willing, unlock God's message. In 3.7, it reads, He sent down to you this scripture containing straightforward verses which constitute the essence of the scripture as well as multiple meaning or allegorical verses. Those who harbor doubts in their hearts will pursue the multiple meaning verses to create confusion or to extricate a certain meaning. None knows the true meaning thereof except God and those well-founded in knowledge. They say, we believe in this. All of it comes from our Lord. Only those who possess intelligence will take heed. And you see this time and time again. Someone starts reading the Quran or they've read it for you know decades. And there's some verse, some concept, something that doesn't resonate with them. And rather than just putting it in the camp of, I don't know, God willing, God will enlighten me, will increase my knowledge, they start twisting what's said. They start twisting the understanding, and they create numerous contradictions in the Quran by doing so. And this is the reality, is God is giving us the information when we need it. When it has to do with our salvation, God is going to make these things clear for us. And we do our best to try to understand God's word for what it is, without our own opinion. In Surah 18, verse 17, we read that in order to be guided, we need a teacher. And you don't go into a classroom thinking that you're going to tell the teacher what to teach. You go into a classroom knowing that you are the, you do not have the information and the teacher is going to provide it for you. And in Surah 18, verse 17, we read about the sleepers of Ephesus and the comment that they made. It reads, you could see the sun when it rose coming from the right side of the cave, and when it set, it shone on them from the left, as they slept in the hollow thereof. This is one of God's portents. Whomever God guides is the truly guided one, and whomever he sends astray, you will not find for him a guiding teacher. So from this verse, we see that a guiding teacher is a prerequisite. If we come in with arrogance, with ego, with our own opinions, then what we're saying is we do not want a teacher. In 40 verse 56, we read, Surely those who argue against God's revelations without proof are exposing the arrogance that is hidden inside their chests, and they are not even aware of it. Therefore, seek refuge in God. He is the hear, the seer. How many times have people had debates in regards to the Quran and what it says with people who've never read the Quran, let alone try to read it without bias or personal opinion? You know, they, they pull from the latest Twitter feed, they pull from what they heard some friends say, uh, and they, it's pure nonsense. And if they would just read the Quran without opinion, without bias, they would be able to unlock this amazing message. And the best teacher of the Quran is God himself. And this is one of the names of God, is that he's the teacher of the Quran. In 55, it reads, in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, the most gracious teacher of the Quran, creator of the human beings. He taught them how to distinguish. So God is telling us if we're sincere, 
He himself will teach us this Quran, will unlock our hearts to the pure understanding of what his message is meant to mean. Now, a lot of people make the, the preconceived notion that in order to be able to unlock the Quran, to understand the Quran, they have to be a perfect human being. And God knows we are not perfect. None of the messengers were perfect. None of us are perfect. But we have to strive to do better. And if we're pure of heart, trying to better ourselves, trying to understand God's message, trying to draw closer to God's truth, God's understanding, God will guide us. In Surah 65, verse 10 and 11, it reads, God has sent down to you a message, a messenger who recites to you God's revelations clearly to lead those who believe and work righteousness out of darkness into the light. Anyone who believes in God and leads a righteous life, he will admit him into gardens with flowing streams. They abide therein forever. God will generously reward him. So God is telling us so much in these verses. One is that he leads those who believe in work righteousness out of darkness into light. Meaning you can be a righteous person, but be in darkness. But if you're sincere, God will pull you out of darkness into light. And also that God in this verse is referencing the Quran. It says God has sent down to you a message and a messenger who recites to you God's revelations. And this messenger is the Quran. That if you are genuinely interested to understand God's message, that you're sincere, you're putting your opinion, your bias aside, that God will pull you out of darkness into light through the revelations. And that key that we have of sincerity will unlock this message for us. There's an expression that there is no teaching, only learning. And this is what it's like. That if we're genuinely interested, if we're genuinely sincere, seeking only God, that God will teach us and we will be able to learn. Because if I try to teach something to someone who has no desire to learn, then no teaching and no learning will take place. There is the expression, you can take a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. And there's another one that you can't wake someone up who's pretending to be sleeping. There's people in this world that they prefer to stay in ignorance. They prefer not to think about just how absolutely miraculous it is that we are living, breathing on this habitable planet that is flying through space. How did we come here? How did we end up here? How do we have civil law and rules and technology and all these numerous blessings and eyes with which we can see, minds with which we can hear? And this misconception that you have to be perfect in order to understand God's message, that you have to do all your salat, that you have to you know, uh, do, uh, perform Ramadan, uh, do all these things, it's wrong. God knows that we're imperfect. And that the, the key is that we have to strive for perfection. We have to strive to try to draw closer to God. And God seeing us make these efforts will reward us for it. What's interesting is there's an analogy of a believer like a diamond. And if you think about it, a diamond is just carbon. But coal is also carbon. So what distinguishes a diamond from a lump of coal? The difference is the pressure that's exerted on that coal forces these carbon bonds to perfectly align in order to form a diamond. 
And this is what it takes, that if we're sincere, God is going to put us through the grinder to perfect our religion, to perfect our belief. And it's not going to be easy. But if we stick with the regimen, if we trust in God and we strive to do better each day, God will reward us for it. Now, what's fascinating is one of the ways that you can distinguish a fake diamond from a real diamond is that a fake diamond appears flawless. But the biggest flaw it has is that it's not a real diamond. A real diamond has imperfections. And this is the way an expert can distinguish between a cubic zirconia, a fake and a real diamond. And we're the same. We have imperfections. We have shortcomings. We have things that we all need to work on. But if we make the effort to perfect our religion, to draw closer to God, to try to apply God's laws from the Quran to the best we can, to lead a righteous life, then God will reward us for this. So all that being said, how do we know for being sincere? What is a factor of sincerity that we can say and ask ourselves, are we replicating? And God gives us numerous examples in the Quran. And it has to do with the absolute conviction of knowing that only God can guide. In Surah 10 verse 22 we read, He is the one who moves you across land and sea. You get on ships and sail smoothly in nice breeze. Then while rejoicing therein, violent wind blows and the waves surround them from every side. This is when they implore God sincerely, devoting their prayers to Him alone. If you only save us this time, we will be eternally appreciative. We need to be in a state where we realize that our only chance of survival, our only chance of salvation, comes from understanding God's message without any bias, without any personal opinion, without any opinion from anyone other than our Creator. And if we can implore God and read the Quran under those pretenses, God willing, we can unlock this beautiful message. Another example in 1767 says, If you are afflicted in the middle of the sea, you forget your idols and sincerely implore Him alone. We have to realize that we are on this floating planet in the middle of chaos. And our only lifeline, our only salvation is God alone. No imam, no uh, parent, no friend, no one else can guide us except God alone. And if we put our entire faith in God alone, without any idols, without any other sources, we're getting closer to sincerity. Another example is in 3132 where it reads, When violent waves surround them, they implore God sincerely, devoting their prayers to Him alone. But as soon as He saves them to the shore, some of them revert. None discards our revelations except those who are betrayers unappreciative. O people, you shall reverence your Lord and fear a day when a father cannot help his own child, nor can a child help his father. Certainly, God's promise is truth. Therefore, do not be distracted by this life. Do not be distracted from God by mere illusions. If we want to have sincerity, we have to worship God alone. If we set up any idols, any sources, anything beside God, then it shows that we're insincere. And this includes our own opinions, our own ego. One last example in 39.7, it reads, if you disbelieve, God does not need anyone, but he dislikes to see his servants make the wrong decision. 
if you decide to be appreciative, he is pleased for you. No soul bears the sins of any other soul. Ultimately to your Lord is your return. Then he will inform you of everything you had done. He is fully aware of the innermost thoughts. When the human being is afflicted, he implores his Lord sincerely devoted to him. But as soon as he blesses him, he forgets his previous imploring, sets up idols to rank with God and to divert others from his path. Say, enjoy your disbelief temporarily. You have incurred the hellfire. What I take away from this is we have to seek God alone. We cannot put any source beside it. And if we do that, God is going to unlock this message in the Quran. But if we revert and go back to our idols, go back to what people say that's contrary to what's in the Quran, we're only showing that we weren't genuinely sincere. And a lot of people, when they get the message, they start acting on it. It's as if they're doing someone a favor. They have to realize the only favor that's being done is for themselves and their own souls. In 49.17 reads, they act as if they are doing you a favor by embracing submission. Say, you are not doing me any favors by embracing submission. God is the one who is doing you a great favor by guiding you to the faith if you are sincere. So this is how we know if we're being sincere. We worship God alone. We don't come in with our own opinions, our own ego when trying to understand the Quran. Ask yourself, when you open up the Quran, are you looking to see what God has to tell you? Are you looking to confirm an existing belief you already have? Because when I open up the Quran and the first thing I read is in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful, that tells me that everything in this book has to be written from the most gracious, the most merciful. That if there's something I don't understand, it's okay. I know that God is doing it for my own good and that God willing, God increases our knowledge, so one day we can get the right understanding. We have to know that God who created us, the God who put all this into existence, has set down to us this book to guide us. And if we are sincere, we can unlock this message and purify our submission and draw closer to the source of everything that is good and righteous, both in this world and in the hereafter. God willing, going to end with two verses. The first one is from 1782 through 84. Where it reads, he sent down in the Quran healing and mercy for the believers. At the same time, it only increases the wickedness of the transgressors. When we bless the human being, he becomes preoccupied and heedless. But when adversity strikes him, he turns despondent. Say, everyone works in accordance with his belief. And your Lord knows best which ones are guided in the right path. Surah 10, verse 57 through 58, it reads, O people, enlightenment has come to you hearing from your Lord and healing for anything that troubles your hearts and guidance and mercy for the believers. Say, with God's grace and with his mercy, they shall rejoice. This is far better than any wealth they can accumulate. The greatest thing any human being can achieve in this world is to be in God's kingdom, to be one of God's chosen people. To be able to lead a righteous life. This is better than any wealth we can accumulate in this world. Because this is something that will pay us back manifold for all of eternity. So God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.